0: Good morning, it is uh, Monday, July 18th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary, which can also be heard as a podcast. You can find intraweek week commentary from me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name on LinkedIn is just my name, Herb Morgan. Uh, this is also available as mentioned in all of the different podcast formats. You can say to your smart device play slaying bulls and bears or playing play herb morgan's podcast all of which will work everything you're about to see and or hear has been uh, prepared by me for you whether you are a financial advisor or an investor regardless you're expected to make your own investment decisions nothing in this presentation should be treated as investment advice there are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities Everything is purely for informational purposes, and its accuracy, adequacy, and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Well, we had a mostly down week. In fact, we ended the week down, even though we had a nice rally, big rally, back up on Friday. Yes, the P500 now, a little more than 6.5% off of the recent lows. A lot of questioning going on right now as to whether or not that is the low of this bear market that we've been in uh since the beginning of the year bond markets caught a bid and interest rates went down a little bit last week the 10-year u.s treasury finishing off with a yield of about three percent and actually the 20 plus treasury index returning over three percent on the week imagine if we had that kind of nice big move in the equity uh, market so um, interesting we'll talk a little bit more about whether or not we think that we're in the bottom or not after we get through the economic data that was reported last week. It was mixed to be sure, uh, some of which you could interpret, you know, positively or negatively, but let's start with the National Federation of Independent Businesses. The Small Business Optimism Index fell in May to 89.5. Haven't had a reading down at this level. You can see all the way back here since 2013. Why did small businesses say they were not optimistic? High levels of inflation and very tight labor markets, putting a crimp obviously on profit margins. This year is interesting. You know, normally we get some up months and some down months, there's been not a single up month in 2022. And June, which we're reporting today, was the largest drop in one month since 2020 you could make the argument that that could signal somehow near the bottom. You can see we're even below the COVID lows during the economic shutdown. So that's a pretty negative number. You know, they say, you know, when are bottoms created, when the last optimist becomes a pessimism pessimist, or their you know bottoms are indicated at the peak of pessimism. And this clearly, this particular index or metric seems to suggest we're there. We then got both the CPI and PPI reports for June. These are incredibly important because they're going to go into consideration for the Fed when they meet and make their rate decision on July 27th. CPI for June was expected to go up 1.1, it went up more, it went up 1.3. Core CPI expected to go up 5 tenths, up 7 tenths, but core PPI year over year number was down from 6 to 5.9 year-over-year. You can see it here, two consecutive months of core going down while headline continues to rise. Why was headline continuing to rise? Energy prices up 7.5%, gasoline drove that up 11. Goods prices were up, rent, owner's equivalent rent, all up, all up big, but core certainly moderating and leveling off. Since this data was collected, we also know that energy prices have come down substantially, oil below, well below $100 a barrel now. As an example, gasoline de- down from, on the free market, I know we're paying more with taxes and everything, but you know that's around 4.26, 4.27 on the traded futures market, now down in the 3.30 range. So it's a pretty substantial runoff that's gonna work its way, uh, we think, I think, to the pump. PPI, almost an identical looking graph. Again, PPI gained big exceeded expectations, but core PPI now is up 8.2 year over year. That's down again, two consecutive months. You can see that one two seeing that come down. So I think, you know, the markets reacted initially negative to both of these. Later in the week, we got some pretty good reports, which I'll show you momentarily. That's why the market began to rally uh, pretty hard on Friday. It was a solid high volume rally. And it seems to be so far, it's only 9.15 Pacific time, but going forward through, um, yeah, through today on, on, uh, on Monday, uh, July 18th. Okay, Thursday, every morning, 5.30 a.m. Pacific, we get initial jobless claims. And as you can see, I've always said, 300,000 is where so I put this dash red line. 300,000 is the sign line of delineation. If we're below 300, we have a healthy, robust economy that is creating new jobs. Above 300, not so healthy, not so robust, slowing s- significantly. And so initial job expenses rose from 235 to 444. But remember, we were well below 200,000 here at the beginning of the year. So we are trending higher and in a way, this is good news because it tells us that the labor shortage, which is a highly inflationary metric, is easing. And getting closer to that 250, 275 is going to take some of that wage pressure off, which in the end is good for margins. Continuing claims also fell. This is why you know people talking about, are we going into a recession? Well, yeah, we're always going into a recession. There's going to be one. Will it be this year versus next year? And how bad or how deep or how significant will it be? Well, I think it's going to be shallow. Uh, I've been saying it's in 23, I do think it could come now. But remember the negative GDP we got in Q1 and some of the negative components in Q2 were really trade related, related to the petroleum deficit, the energy deficit. Um, Consumer spending is still very strong and jobs are very strong. And those are really quite frankly, more important than, than a, Trade deficit subtracting from GDP to signal the overall health of the American economy. New York State manufacturing index last week had a huge upside surprise. Uh, it was expected to be down 0.2, it was up 11.1. You can see it right here on the right hand side. That's up from a negative uh, print in June and it exceeded every single forecast that was contributed to Bloomberg. There was not a single forecast that it did not exceed. So that was a great sign for manufacturing. New orders rose, shipments surged from four to 25.3. This is signaling more easing of the supply chain concerns. Delivery times eased, unfilled orders fees, and despite all that great news, the respondents said their outlook was still quite negative because they're still quite concerned about inflation uh, and supply chain. I said it eased, I didn't say it was done easing, right? Then we got retail sales for the month of June, exceeded expectations by growing 1%. That was great. Remember in May, we had a slight dip in retail sales. But remember, there's a lot of uh, energy costs that go into retail sales that could take the dollar number higher, but maybe not the quantity number. And obviously, we really want post-inflation. So take out autos and gas, we were up 7 tenths of a percent. That was seen as a positive. And now people are starting to argue, uh, is that the bottom of the market? This sort of you know, here we are at 30, What I, I can't remember the exact number, Thirty-seven hundred, thirty-seven fifty. 3,750. Could we be basing here at the S&P 500? Well, maybe. We're getting closer up to the 50-day moving average. You see that here. We have a long way to go before we're back into a bull market, which would be the price above the 50 and the 50 above the 200, which we haven't been since, you know, the first quarter. Uh, is when we started the year in this rip-roaring bull market. We've since come down you know, 20% on that uh, S&P 500. And of course, we really got into earnings season for the second quarter last week, which becomes very, very um, uh, important. We got industrial production and capacity utilization, also a, on the margin, disinflationary move. Why? Well, industrial production fell a little bit, but capacity utilization fell from over 80 to exactly 80. And I've said, you've heard me say this every month when this report comes out, you get inflationary pressure in an economy when the, you're utilizing in excess of 80% of the capacity. So obviously we're at 65% in the COVID shutdown, we've gotten north of 80, but now look at that actually trending a little lower. All of the data suggests, I haven't seen anything that doesn't suggest we have not peaked in inflation. That's why the, the market felt comfortable rallying last week. We also had a couple companies beat and report good earnings. And I'm gonna get to the earnings commentary here uh, in a second. Inventories for the month of May rose on top of a a gain in April. Uh, That's not particularly newsworthy. This one is Michigan consumer sentiment. Um, It rose from an all-time record low of 50 to 51.1. Still very low. Consumers not particularly optimistic. Obviously inflation is still a problem but current conditions up to 57. Unfortunately though, expectations are low. And this is one of the things the Fed needs to be concerned about is they don't really want to anchor consumer expectations permanently low. It's very hard to dislodge them. And that was the lowest reading since 1980. 1980 was a year, it was a period of some pretty uh, difficult inflationary expectations and they do not want them to get anchored. All of that sort of leads to the argument that a 75 basis point uh, hike is coming here in nine days on July 27th. So we got earnings season started. We usually start with these companies. Uh, big financials especially is what everybody was looking at. Citigroup beat, but Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan missed. Pepsi and Delta, one beat, one missed. Both confirmed their forward guidance. United Healthcare beat and cons- confirmed its guidance. What we've been talking about, as we've said all along, as earnings start to come in, it's what happens to the consensus earnings per share estimate. So for the week, we started the week at 229.35, and we finished the week at 228.98. So 37 cents came off of full year forward estimates of the S&P. I kind of put that as a win. I mean, it's too soon. We have another week to go, we got this week, and then, we're, then we get another, and then we're gonna get into the big tech names, which are the backbone of the American economy now. And we wanna see those companies hold the line on guidance. Keep in mind, it's not really in their interest uh, to tout a higher number. They, they would actually prefer to tout a lower number right now. Typically, they do this in Q2. They wanna dampen our expectations so that when Q3 and Q4 roll around, it's easier to beat those estimates and beat those expectations. So um, the fact that they were only down 37 cents last week was probably in the end, pretty uh, good news. Moving on to economic data this week, home builder sentiment missed big this morning, well below the 65 estimate. Housing starts and permits, therefore are likely to miss tomorrow. Uh, All of this, by the way, disinflationary, existing home sales on Wednesday, jobless claims Thursday, along with Philly Fed to go along with that empire state. Will they also surprise like New York did? Maybe. And then the two readings from S&P Global, we've got U.S. uh, manufacturing and services on Friday, both looking for expansion. Given that New York exceeded, and if Philly exceeded, Then if S&P exceeds on Friday, uh, again, it gives the Fed the all clear, but it also suggests that maybe, maybe, just maybe they're going to engineer this soft landing that they'd certainly like to see. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I will be back again to you next week.